channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Uh, got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Ukraine's still there. That's your Ukraine-Russia update. All right, we got a little bit more than that. Just a smidge. I'm not going to cover this a lot. And some questions keep coming up. And a lot of people, we were just having a conversation here in the studio about it. And, you know, we had conversations with other coworkers today about it. You know, naturally the news guy, everybody's got to go to the news guy. What are you doing? What, what's, what's going on here? Why is this important? That sort of thing. You can't get away from it on television. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But the uh, Ukrainian parliament has approved a draft law that allows citizens to carry firearms and act in self-defense. What a concept. Imagine being a country and having to allow permission for your your uh, citizens to arm up and defend themselves. That's that's cool and all. That's great. But guess who doesn't know how to shoot? Any of the citizens who are now buying guns for the first time. So, again, this is just another reminder that our way is the best way. Always has been the best way. Probably always will be the best way. Unless somebody comes along at some point in the future and just takes it to the nth degree and allows us to have grenades and rocket launchers and things like that. Like we are supposed to be allowed to have. So Ukraine's parliament voted Wednesday to approve a draft law allowing its citizens to carry firearms and defend themselves after Russia sent troops into two parts of eastern Ukraine. That was that minor incursion that Biden was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Putin recognized two separatist-controlled Ukrainian territories on Monday. Um, Biden has now doubled down on it. All of the sanctions and everything else, yes, they're, they're ridiculous garbage. We told you that. His speech was internationally panned as stupid. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I think the Washington Post like wrote one article about how amazingly good Biden is and how Biden standing strong uh, is making Putin wish that he had Trump back. Like the most ridiculous headline in the history of headlines. But yes, that that was actually published. I know. I know you don't want to believe it, but it is. It's true. It really did happen. Somebody was that stupid. Yeah. Washington Post. Uh, Here's the uh, here's the headline. This is it. You ready? All right. Closing the pop up with Biden standing firm. Putin must wonder where's Trump when I need him. I don't know what else to say. Trump killed Russian troops. I don't I don't know what else to say. Uh Trump sees the assets of Russian oligarchs. Trump sees the assets of relatives of Vladimir Putin. Putin didn't do any of this crap when Trump was around. There was a mutual respect there. And there is no respect now. Putin does not respect Biden. I told you the story about what Putin did to Biden when Biden was still the vice president and he went to Moscow and Vladimir Putin had a meeting and he had all the press in there and everything else. And Joe Biden and, and his people go in, they sit down and he, like the moment that Joe Biden opened his mouth to say something after Putin was done talking for the cameras, the lights went out, the microphones were cut. And then they came back on, and Putin and his security had all of the the TV news crews out of there. And then he owned Biden. 
It's all in the White House transcripts. It's all there. I read you the transcript, which lined up perfectly with the book, which a bunch of people were trying to say was not real, didn't happen. Yeah, it's in the White House official transcripts. It happened. And Biden got up, put his tail between his legs, and walked out of that room. He got owned in Moscow, and he has been Putin's you-know-what ever since. And right from week number one, coming into the, into the White House, he has enacted policy after policy after policy that has benefited Russia to the detriment of the United States and allies. And we've told you that some of the stuff that happened at the NATO summit in 2018. I know that Sean Hannity has been playing that on his show. He did that yesterday uh, after, after I had talked about it as well. Other people talk about it too. I'm not taking credit for it. But it is... When Trump stood there at the NATO summit and looked all of his allies in the eye and said, you want us to pay to protect you from Russia while you buy oil and gas from Russia and give them billions of dollars? And the former chancellor of you, Germany, sits on the oil and gas company's board and you expect us to pay for your national defense while you're doing that? To protect you from the people that you're giving billions of dollars to? When has Biden given that speech? He hasn't. Plain and simple. So the Washington Post, clearly deranged. Don't know how else to say it. Clearly deranged. Out there going, oh, that Putin wishes you had Trump back. Yeah, no. We've told you, I know that Bongino just did the story about us killing, you know, those Russians in Syria. I've told you that story many times on my show. And as Bongino pointed out, you know, the news media didn't cover it because the news media did not want a story about Trump as commander in chief and his military slaughtering a bunch of Russians in Syria. And don't think for a second that it didn't give Putin pause. Because the sheer reality is those are a bunch of Spetsnaz and other very experienced operators. That were Russians operating as mercenaries is how the Russians operate. And we slaughtered them. A squad of our people slaughtered them. And I don't care who you are. If you've got a bunch of your elite people anywhere under any circumstance and a squad of your enemies people wipe them out, you go, uh-oh. And you pause. So, I, you know, a lot of people are asking the question, why does this matter? Why is this more important than our borders here? And, and the answer to that is it's not. It's not more important than American borders. And I, I've kind of explained this as much as I possibly can. So let's just explain this from a global perspective. The Ukraine is an ally. Whether you all like that or not, the Ukraine is an ally. They are a friendly nation that we have a lot of business dealings with, a lot of personal dealings with, in spirit, Americans tend to be with Ukrainians because the Ukrainians have been oppressed by the Russians forever. The Ukrainians got away from Russia after the fall of the Soviet Union. And in spirit, most Americans don't want them to be under the thumb of Russians again, even if it's not the Soviet Union and it's a different Russia. And it is a different Russia. And I'm sorry, I disagree with Bongino's assessment of the Russian Federation. It's not, it's not accurate. It is a different country. There are different principles there are different philosophies that doesn't change does not change the fact that putin was a kgb operative at alpha 
And if you don't know what Alpha is, you look them up. This is a this is a tough, intelligent, very strategic guy. And this constant running around and saying Putin is just some Neanderthal idiot bully is not going to help anybody because I got news for you. He's not. This is a guy who has a lot of respect in his country. Yes, he's got a lot of haters as well. Yes, other haters were killed or disappeared or what have you. Some of those probably attributed to him. Some of them probably not. Just depends. It's like the Clinton death, death count here. The reality is he leads a very effective military, and he is an effective leader, and he knows exactly what he is doing, and he is not doing this rashly. He is not doing this without any forethought, and he is doing this very, very methodically and calculated. He knows exactly what the strategy is here for him, and he's got several different avenues for which he can approach, and the closer we get to, or I should say the further along in the timeline that we get, the closer it gets to him taking Ukraine back. Why? Because nobody's offered up any resistance except for the Ukrainians. And what are a bunch of Ukrainians? I know Ukraine is out there, you know, training citizens and things like that, and they're mobilizing part of their reserves. I, why would you mobilize part of your reserves? I, I don't. There's a lot that's that's wrong with all of this. But this is, it's not just an ally. It's not just Europe. It's Russia. And a lot of Americans just cannot get away from the fact that Russia will be bad forever and always, amen, because you grew up as the Soviet Union, the Russians were your big bad enemy, number one. And until, with respect, until those people die off, that will always be their de facto mindset towards Russia. And the reality is, is that wasn't that long ago we were conducting joint operations with the Russians. We were working with them. We were killing Al-Qaeda and ISIS and all sorts of other terrorist groups all over the world together as allies. There was a time where Russia asked if they could join NATO and be an ally with us. And Bill Clinton is the guy that screwed that up. They tried desperately. When they came out from the Soviet Union, they did. They tried to move towards the West. What did the West do? Moved away from Russia. They didn't trust them. And I understand that mistrust, but they didn't trust them, and they moved away from them. And eventually, Russia became isolated, just like they, not exactly like they were before, but they were isolated like they were before in the Cold War. And they started rebuilding again to be who Russia is, the geopolitical power in that part of the world. And as time continues to march on, they are exerting that influence where they can exert that influence. I was just talking with Josh about General Mattis. Most of you know, with the exception of Mattis and his issue with Trump, which is all centered around Syria, General Mattis is one of our best generals that we have had in modern history, period. This is a guy that I was so excited about to be the defense secretary. You heard me hooping and hollering on here, just like you heard every Marine and most combat army people saying the same exact stuff. General Mattis was the guy. But General Mattis is in that old mindset. Russia bad no matter what. And General, General Mattis wanted to fight Russia in Syria. He wanted to be in Syria because of Russia. There was no business for us to be in Syria. 
Assad did not use chemical weapons on his own people. That was ISIS. That was proven. And it, in spite of the American media and everybody else running around, Obama and all of that, telling everybody that it was, it was otherwise, and wasn't true. And even Mattis admitted that Assad, we had no evidence that Assad ever used any chemical weapons on his own people. Reporters who went to those areas where the U.S. media said those chemical, those chemical weapons were used, U.S. reporters, international reporters who went there, couldn't find a single person who lived in those areas who knew about a chemical attack. They went to the hospitals for crying out loud. Couldn't find anybody who was treated for a chemical attack. Now, if you're going to use chemical weapons on your own people, this should be a lesson in propaganda, folks. If you're going to use chemicals on your own people, everybody's going to know it. It's not possible for people to not know it. However, eh, you got you got about two cities over. You did find where chemicals were used, and that was ISIS who used those chemicals. Guess where they got those chemicals? Anybody? Anybody? Newsman Josh, guess where they got those chemicals? They got those chemicals from Saddam Hussein's stash in Iraq. That's where they came from. You know, the ones that they still tell you didn't exist. But that's where they came from. They were stolen out of the stockpile that were supposed to be under guard, and they weren't. And they got used in Syria. But General Mattis and many other anti-Russian types, mostly older guys, desperately wanted to confront Russia in Syria for no reason at all. None. And Putin kept giving these speeches, too. And I know Americans, well, it's Putin, we're just going to discount everything he says. That's just a stupid position to have. Putin kept giving these speeches and going, I don't understand why, (laughs) why everybody in the West is so hostile here. I want to kill the same people that you want to kill. It really was that simple. They wanted to kill ISIS. They wanted to kill Al-Qaeda. We wanted to kill ISIS. We wanted to kill Al-Qaeda. But instead of doing it together, we're like fighting each other at the same time. None of it ever made any sense. And all you can trace it back to is the Cold War. Nonsensical Cold You know what? I'm, you could call. You could quote, I should say. You could quote Obama. You could quote Biden. The Cold War called, and they want their foreign policy back. That doesn't change the fact that Russia is a geopolitical foe. They clearly are. Doesn't mean they're an enemy. They may be. But a geopolitical foe is clearly where Russia is. And there's still this mindset in the West that they can't allow the Russians to have influence outside of Russia. If that happens, it's got to automatically be bad. And I'm not saying that it isn't. But that's the mindset. So they will oppose that at all costs. Except for in Ukraine for some reason. And there's just some some weirdness happening with Ukraine. There's a theory that Biden wants this to happen because he's using it to leverage a shift towards Iranian oil. He's alluded to this in speeches before. I don't know how accurate that is. But we know that there's this weird relationship with the Obama wing of the Democratic Party, of which Biden is a part of, to try and enrich Iran for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is with that. The stupid pallets full of cash in in the the middle of the night uh, wasn't totally wasn't a hostage exchange. The hostages couldn't come back until he delivered the pallets of cash, but totally not a, a, a payout. But Biden has alluded to buying oil, cheap oil from Iran. 
which is weird because we don't let Iran sell oil. <laughs> so for some reason, we're now shifting policies on that. And guess what would create a perfect market for that? Cutting Russian oil exports to Europe. And how better to cut Russian oil exports to Europe than to let the Russians have their way with Ukraine? The Ukraine is, let's not forget, still in the middle of a criminal investigation of Hunter, Joe, and was it Jim? Who's uh, Joe Biden's brother? And I'm sorry, the tinfoil guy on me is sitting here looking at this and going, I'm not so sure it's not all connected. The Ukrainian government has repeatedly, am I bloviating a little too much? The Ukrainian government has repeatedly said that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden committed crimes in their country and they want to seek a prosecution. And now what's happening? Joe Biden's letting Vladimir Putin have his way with the Ukraine while simultaneously talking about oil from Iran? While Europe cuts the Nord 2 supply? Sure seems like a plot. I don't know. Could all just be a coinkidink. Who knows? Who knows? But at the end of the day, I've told you the same thing. My big issue is that we had an agreement with Ukraine. They held up their end of the bargain, and now we're not holding up ours. And that ultimately is going to hurt us in the long run foreign policy-wise. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Chat. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So I talked way too long in the last segment. Um, and so now I'm going to talk too long in this segment because we're already late for my break. And I'm just, Josh, you're just going to have to deal. Boss isn't here, so you don't have to worry about it. We're good. You just have to deal with it for like a minute, okay? Just just give me a minute, all right? Um, listen. <laughs> but I, I was just telling, I was telling Josh about how we were conducting these joint operations. And I told all of you that we we're conducting these joint operations. I just want to take you back in time. I just, want, I just want you in your own time to figure if, see if you can figure this out. For four years in a row, the United States, Canada, and Russia conducted exercises called Vigilant Eagle. We did it for four years. Just our three countries, U.S., Canada, Russia. Joint counterterrorism military exercises, Okay. Right before the 2012 election, Obama gets caught in a hot mic, what? Saying, tell, tell Vladimir that I'll have more time. Was it Vladimir or the other guy? Because there was that other guy for a period of time. Tell Vladimir, or, or it might have been Medvedev or whatever, that I need more time, and I'll get back with him after the election. Right? I'm paraphrasing. Remember that? We did one more Vigilant Eagle exercise after that election, and then there was nothing else. Nothing else. Suddenly, the Russians are back to, to not being a, a cooperating partner in the United States again. And I know that there are other global things that are going on. I know you got Crimea's issues and things like that. I, I get it. But it sure is interesting, the timing, don't you think? Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC, MNC News Time, 3.33. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. During the last news break, coworker came in and said, hey, have you seen this yet? And I'm like, is that the old story or the new one? 
And he says, I'm not sure yet. And then somebody on the live stream said, no, that's the new one. Uh, I'm sitting here, I'm going, oh, I didn't realize that they were writing a news story about it. Yeah, Pete Buttigieg has been accused of pay for play again. This is not new, okay? <laughs> Once again, um, it's funny. I'm going through my Facebook page. I'm trying to find some of the old stories about it because he was accused of uh, pay for play a couple of times, and he was accused of taking money to bow out of the Democratic National Committee chair race. And that became like a, a bit of a big scandal that he would be paid off to do that. Uh, this is not the first time. I've got some articles from 2019 here where he was doing it. But what, it's funny, I was, while I'm going through, at February 17th of 2020, boy, do I have two local stories from South Bend for you, national media. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg releases plan for housing justice and combating homelessness was the uh, the article. How did that go? How did that, how did housing justice go when he tore down houses that would have been uh, possibly uh, available to be rehabbed and could have been sold to lower income minorities in South Bend, just destroyed them. And then how did his combating homelessness work out? Anybody? How did, how did combating homelessness in South Bend work out for Pete Buttigieg? I'm just, I'm just kidding. You all know how it worked out. It got worse. Kind of like needle exchanges. Turns out drug use goes up, but HIV death goes down. So, all right. So here's the story. This is the new one. This is in the Daily Mail right now. They say it's an exclusive. Pete Buttigieg accepted 250 grand and gifts from mayoral campaign donors who were later awarded $33 million in city contracts, raising concerns of pay to play as Transportation Secretary doles out $210 billion in infrastructure plan. Uh, I am reading this with you because it was just presented to me. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg's top political donors received millions of dollars in city contracts after giving thousands to his campaigns while he was mayor of South Bend, Indiana. We have covered this many times. Most of you know that there were always some very suspicious contracts that were awarded in South Bend. Um, some people chalked it up to small town politics. I chalked it up to, no, that's not small town. This happens everywhere. Uh, it's just kind of how it is. And this is... Not entirely surprising to many of you, but this is, you know, the national media kind of figuring out who he is. And I think that's the reason that Tucker Carlson, when I was on last week, said, I'm really sorry for not having you on sooner. It wasn't for my lack of trying, although I I don't know that I specifically reached out to Tucker's people. Uh, and there were a few. Todd Starnes had me on. Lars Larson had me on. Kilmead and Fox of Friends had me on. So there were a few. It's just that everybody else has kind of ignored us. Uh, Buttigieg's political action committee took money from 23 companies who then got jobs from South Bend's Board of Public Works, whose members he appointed documents uh, obtained by the DailyMail.com reveal. Now, here's the thing. Those of you who are tuned into South Bend politics, you already know this. Rest of the country and the rest of the world don't. Okay. Community activists who have Facebook groups have already exposed this a long time ago. We've talked about a lot of this on the show. It is not the first time that he has been accused of pay to play. It's not the first time that he's been accused of taking corrupt money. Uh, Buddha Judge also took a ton of dark money. A ton. He got, um, was it 30, 30 some odd billionaires donated to Pete Buddha Judge's campaign? When he ran for president 
On two occasions, the former presidential candidate received donations the same day the companies were awarded contracts. That's not suspicious. What are you talking about? Why would it be suspicious to get the contract for the city contract the exact same day that you gave Pete Buttigieg a bunch of money? Use your brain, people. There's nothing conspiratorial about that. The companies, their executives, and spouses donated a total of $253,750 to Buttigieg's campaigns and received a total of at least $33.3 million in city contracts between 2011 and 2019. Huh. I don't know. My boss isn't here. He's he's gone for a few days. Should I read the list of companies? Should I read the list? Come on. Live stream. Should I read the list of companies who gave Judge money and then got contracts with the city of South Bend? Because I can do that. Yeah, of course. We're going to totally do that. Coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. What does Pete Buttigieg and Yellowstone have in common? Oh, man. I've been thinking about this for weeks as I started to watch 1883. And somebody on the live stream was saying, uh, you know, I have a question out to the audience. Do I ruin Yellowstone for people? Because I can ruin Yellowstone for a lot of you right now. And I'm struggling because the sinister part of me really wants to ruin it for you. Um, But other people are begging me not to ruin it. And then others are begging me to get their spouses to watch 1883. 1883 is an amazing show. This last episode, man, I'm not going to lie. Darn near cried. Almost. But I'm not really a human being, so I didn't. All right. Pete Buttigieg is again being accused of pay-to-play for receiving over 250 grand from 23 companies. And then giving those companies government contracts while he was mayor of South Bend. We have heard these stories before, but the national and international media, this is the first time that they have heard this stuff. So uh, let's go through the company, shall we? American Structure Point, Bradley Company, Abe Marcus Ivy Tower, DLZ Indiana, Lawson Fisher Associates, Troyer Group, Arcadis, Christopher M. Burke Engineering, Jones Petri Rafinski. McCormick Engineering, Selge Construction, is it Selge or Selg Construction, uh, HRP Construction, Pyramid Equipment, Peerless Midwest, N-Focus, E-N-Focus, United Consulting, Abin March, I don't know how you say your, your misspelled company name, uh, Walsh & Kelly, Lockmuller Group, Donahue and Associates, Earth Designs, Panzeca Building Corporation and Matthews LLC. Hmm. Matthews LLC got a part of a $4.9 million contract, too. Uh, Panzeca Building Corporation got a $5 million contract. That was nice. Hey, if you invest $3,000 in a political candidate and they give you a $5 million contract, that is a wise investment, ladies and gentlemen. And that's exactly what Panzeca Building Corporation did. So this is an interesting story, but it is not the first time that we have heard this, and it's not unusual in politics either. It might very well be unethical, but back in December of 2019, both Salon and The Week and many other publications, Buttigieg fundraiser accused of pay-for-play pitch. 
South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete Buttigieg's campaign can't seem to outrun their fundraising issues. Axios is out with another report about a Buttigieg blunder that has raised some eyebrows not long after the mayor received criticism for attending a fundraising event in Napa Valley, California. Wine cave. This time, one of Buttigieg's top fundraisers, H.K. Park, sent an email to a wealthy prospective donor offering a chance to get on the campaign's radar before Buttigieg reels in a bunch of donations once voting gets underway in Iowa and New Hampshire. Of course, Buttigieg's campaign was accused of cheating in Iowa. Uh, The donor was not amused, however, and accused Park of making a pay-for-play offer while speculating what it suggests about the way Buttigieg might interact with influential sector sectors of society like Silicon Valley. If that's the way that he's operating, it's in the public interest for people to know what's being said, the donor said. Hmm. But not the first time he has been accused of this type of stuff his entire career. But again, the national and international media, this is uh, big news for them. So they will pretend that it's exclusive and brand new stuff, and we will continue to placate them and remind them that we had it first. But hey, you do you, folks. At least somebody's paying attention to us now. All right, we got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel live stream, rumble.com slash Casey the host. All right, I found it. 2017, Pete Buttigieg was accused of accepting money from Tom Perez. After Pete Buttigieg dropped out of the race for Democratic National Committee chair. Remember, he dropped out of the race through his support behind Perez, which gave Perez enough votes to win the chairmanship. And then Pete Buttigieg allegedly received money from Tom Perez. So just uh, just throwing that out there. Do with it what you wish. I did just ruin Yellowstone for several people, Josh. They can't. They can't accept it. That's okay. If you can't accept it, that's fine. You know, not everybody can continue to support a show where the star of said show um, supported Pete Buttigieg during the presidential election. <laughs> but you go on thinking he's a real cowboy, though. You. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there are, here's the thing, suspiciously, or maybe not so suspiciously, there are some people who are cast members of, uh, Yellowstone that happen to be closet Republicans and some of them have started to come out of the closet just a little bit. So there, there are that it's a diverse, it's a diverse group of people, but I, you know, if you can still look Kevin Costner in his screen face and respect him as the character that he is in that, in that show, knowing that he is a huge left-wing guy and supported Pete Buttigieg and endorsed him for president. Um, and you do you. I I don't know that I can do it. <laughs> I know where Tim McGraw and Faith Hill stand, and I can I can deal with that on 1883. That much I know. All right. Plus, the uh, the girl who plays their daughter, she's actually in the uh, the school shooting movie that the Daily Wire did. So the And she's, dude, she's going to be a massive star. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about, do you, Josh? Um, she's the, I don't know her name. I'm, it, sorry, I, I would have to look it up, and I'm too lazy to do that. Uh, but the main character on 1883, uh, the daughter, is she's this really pretty young blonde lady 
but she was in the school shooting movie that was done by the Daily Wire. I think that was their first movie. And she's been in like a bunch of stuff already. Like since that, like her career is blowing up and she's not only got the look when you see her, you'll understand what I'm talking about. She not only has the look, but she is really talented and just a very, very good actress. So she's, She's got all of the makings of the next big Hollywood actress, and she's been very actively. I keep finding her in various places. It's like, oh, that's that girl. Oh, that's that girl. I don't remember her name, but but she's very, very good. Um, <laughs> Eric says he couldn't he couldn't look Kevin Costner in the face after Waterworld. Am I the only person who enjoyed that movie? You never seen Waterworld? I enjoyed it, okay? I mean, look, he did Waterworld Postman too, right? He did Postman. Postman had Tom Petty in it, though. So, I mean, that was... <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember. How old was I when Waterworld came out? I had to have been a teenager. I don't know. I just like dystopian people are all dead movies. So, even if they're bad, I tend to enjoy that. Just because they're you know people are dead. I like to fantasize about there not being any society anymore. That's what I like to do. All right. What is... <laughs> Josh has actually left the room. Okay. Uh, what do we have here? <clears throat> All right. Let's look at France. Casey, why are we talking about France? Great question. Because I want you to understand what could potentially happen in places like, oh, I don't know, Chicago, where Chicago does not exist as a part of the United States anymore. We went over this when I had to go to Chicago to Tucker Carlson show. Um, you know, we get there and we expected masks all over the place. The one thing that I didn't realize I should say wasn't on the top of my mind until I got there was that you can't go anywhere without a vaccine. You're basically homebound in Chicago without without a vaccine. You're you're allowed. This is okay. Here's how stupid people are. I could walk outside and just walk outside. Right. I can go onto the sidewalk. I can trudge through the ice and the slush and everything else on the sidewalk. And I can stand outside the door of the restaurant, breathing on everybody walking into the restaurant, but I can't go into the restaurant without a vaccine. Right. I know. It doesn't make any sense. It's um, it's like this weird conspiracy floating around about how the Queen of England got COVID. It's like it's airborne or something. <laughs> Not possible. So France has a vaccine passport. Because it's France, and France kind of sucks. Okay, so France has a vaccine passport. So here's what they're doing. They're canceling the vaccine passport. Now, some of you might be thinking, Casey, that's a good thing. No, that is not what I am saying. I'm not saying that France is coming to their senses and is canceling the vaccine passport. I'm saying France is canceling the vaccine passport So nobody can go anywhere without being forced to get a booster shot. That's what I'm saying. Because you have to get your vaccine passport again. But you can't get it without the new booster shot. So anybody who has a vaccine passport is going to have their passport canceled without warning by the French government to force you to go get a booster shot, which is the only way to reactivate your passport. I, oh my word! Um, I look. You have to laugh. I, I don't know what else to. It, 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 we're all gonna laugh about this until we start growing like an extra head or something. Uh, this is just. I don't. I don't know. 
folks. Uh, you think that this can't happen here, but it can. It absolutely can. On my earlier show today on rumble.com slash Casey, the host, I went over a lot of stuff, okay? A lot of stuff that was happening, but we did a lot on Canada and the protests and the trampling incident, uh, who the victim of the trampling incident was. Newsflash, not a white woman. She was an indigenous woman. So she's not white, and she was trampled by a white cop on a horse, and she's being called a neo-Nazi. And I played you this tape today, this video of the police harassing a cafe who was doing nothing but feeding customers who happened to be the truck protesters. And the cafe had to lock the doors to keep the cops out. It is an amazing video. I have the story published on the burningtruth.us. You need to go watch this video. It is 15 minutes. It feels like it's three minutes, but it is an intense video. You have to watch it. And things do not go the way that the Canadian police want them to go. But it highlights what's actually happening there. When we say that the Ottawa police are acting like brown shirts, they are literally acting like brown shirts. And I have the definition of who they were and what tactics they used at the top of that post, just in case you're confused. But what if I were to tell you that it's not just Canada, that it's not just France, it's us too. And I know that some of you are looking at like Michigan and Chicago and things like that, and you get what I'm saying, but, you know, we've got 38,000 truckers now that are heading to D.C. And this is in the United States of America. These truckers haven't done anything. They're just driving to D.C. That's all they're doing. And what do we have? We've got a communist Democrat representative, Ruben Gallego, who, let's be honest, if you've ever seen a picture of Ruben Gallego, he looks like somebody who had a rough time in the locker room when he was a teenage boy. I don't know how else to say it. He's still bitter about this. He doesn't appear to have a wedding band on, and I assume that's because every woman he's met is repulsed. He made a recommendation. Casey, you're being way too mean, too hyperbolic. Look, I just call it like I see it. He made a recommendation. He wants to seize, seize every truck in the American Freedom Convoy and give it away to a business of his choosing. So just because they're protesting, he wants to take their personal property and their livelihoods away from them. Many of these people are owner-operators. That's their business. That's their livelihood. It's not just their vehicle. He wants to take away their trucks. He wants to seize them. And then he wants to give them to what he says are small businesses so they can expand their companies. And who do you think gets to pick which small businesses get those trucks? Oh, suggestion. Flashback to the last story about local companies giving Pete Buttigieg a bunch of cash in order to get government contracts. What do you bet? What do you bet that Representative Galigo or Galigo, whatever his stupid, ugly, fat face his name is, that this guy wants to only give those trucks to people who donate, companies who donate to the Democratic Party. I'll bet. 
So this is what he tweeted out. Uh, there was a tweet that says the uh, the trucker convoy could shut down D.C. Beltway tomorrow, according to NBCWashington.com. Perfect time to impound and give the trucks to small trucking companies looking to expand their business, he said. Oh, man. So he wants to steal people's private property for peacefully protesting? All right, I'll tell you what. Can we just entertain this thought for a second, okay? Please. Just listen, hear me out. What if I support his proposal? But. All right? Just hear me out. I think that we should be able to seize these trucks and give them away to whoever we want. As long as we can take all of the personal property away from BLM and Antifa rioters. All of it. House. Car. Water bottles. Uh, underwear. I don't care. All of it. I want everything gone. I want them to start over from scratch, naked in the streets. Maybe, maybe I could be won over with a one-time single seizure of these trucks. Maybe, uh, only if the other one happens first. Trucks can't happen first. They got to happen after that. They've got to prove that they are willing to go the extra mile to get rid of these trucks and help other small companies. That's it. This is a proposal, ladies and gentlemen, from a Democrat member of Congress. And he's serious. Wow. Couldn't possibly happen here in the United States. Now, Senator Paul has something to say about that. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Isabel May is the actress that I was thinking of, by the way. Keep an eye on her. She's um, She is a fast rising star. All right. What else do we have? Jeez, I could yell about LeBron again, but why? It's He's he's an idiot. Anybody who thinks he's not an idiot is an idiot. Did you see that he, um, he got out-cheered in Cleveland the other day, Josh, as my sports guy? The, no, no, yeah, uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan walked in, got a way louder applause than LeBron did, and it was all over the news. It's like, did you expect anything else to happen? Like, there's like three people who are naive enough to think that LeBron could hold a candle to Jordan. LeBron, Le, LeBron can't hold a candle to Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not a generational thing. It's a you're an idiot thing. This is, it's... Like, we were having that conversation the other day about, like, Montana and Brady and all that stuff, right? Because Brady's retiring. There's a different game that takes place with football, right? Completely different game. You're reliant upon all sorts of other people around you. And I'm sorry, but the quality of player in the NBA now is not the quality of the player that was in there in the 90s or the 80s. Period. End of story. Okay? I'm not diminishing the talents of those who are in the NBA, but you had the greatest players ever all on the court at the exact same time playing against each other. We put the dream team together and sent them to the Olympics, okay? The dream team, where anybody could have an argument about who was the best player on that team, okay? The dream team. They all played against each other all the time. And who kicked everybody's butt most of the time? Michael Jordan did. How many elite players, elite players, Players, like all-time elite NBA players did LeBron play against. 
Two? Three? Maybe half a dozen? Maybe? And I'm stretching it right there. Let's be honest. I'm stretching. You got Kobe on there, right? Kobe's on there. Uh, you got you got Shaq, right? You could probably throw Shaq in there. Shaq's got some major holes in his game, though. A um, couple of other people are on there, too, that I don't know. <laughs> like, like, maybe half a dozen? You remember the... I'm sure that some of you remember this, and then younger versions of you out there in the audience probably went back and watched this. And if you haven't watched this or seen this... Please do it. The moments where Jordan or Magic Johnson would call for the ball and they would square up against each other on the court in the middle of a game just to have a one-on-one battle in the middle of a game. The best moments in sports, and I'm saying this as somebody who used to be a basketball fan when I was a kid. I'm not a basketball fan now. When that happened, that was some of the best stuff you will ever see. In the middle of a real game, give me the ball. You, there. And then they went at it. Fantastic. Hair on the back of my neck. Still standing up from that stuff. If you haven't seen those things, go back and watch some of these elite players squaring up on each other on the court. Fantastic times. But, uh, yeah, so there's everybody who thinks that Jordan is the best, and then there's, like, two of you who think LeBron is, and you're as dumb as LeBron is. So I don't know how to, I don't know how to break it to you. I would break it to you better and more in-depth, but you wouldn't understand it. Ask your mom or something. MNC News Time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that would last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I have figured out what Facebook wants of me. I finally cracked their code. I will tell you all about it later on in the show today, probably in the 5 o'clock hour. For those of you who don't know, Facebook has been censoring me for a long time, and I think I cracked the code in their latest warning to me, which, uh, which appeared on the app yesterday, even though I haven't had a violation on Facebook in over 11 months. Yet they still are censoring my page. So, hmm. But I think I know what they want. I think I know what they want. All right, here we go. Once again, locally. In an effort to silence parents who are upset with how their children are being educated, Whitley County Consolidated Schools created new rules to drastically limit the ability of parents to voice their concerns. You know, this is at realnewsmichiana.com. It is almost like we needed two pieces of legislation that would protect parental rights and protect children from abuses in schools. And what happened? Oh, Republicans in the local legislature ruined them. Ruined them both. All right. <clears throat> We as a board absolutely want to ensure an environment allowing for meaningful receipt of information, says school board president David Smith, a suspiciously common name. Before laying out the new public comment rules, the new rules introduced at the meeting on Monday include a total time limit for public comment of 30 minutes, with each speaker having three minutes to speak. This means only 10 people can address the board every meeting. This evening, we have more people signed up than will fit in that time period, Smith said. 
Those unable to speak tonight will receive priority at the March meeting. After that meeting, anytime we have more who are signed up to speak that will fit in the 30-minute uh, time period, we will randomly draw names to determine who will speak. In that case, there will be no carryover to future meetings. You know, if you didn't want to uh, deal with the public as a public official, just don't run. And I get it. Most of you ran for, for this position thinking that the public is going to leave you alone. You're just, I'm, after all, only on the school board. Who cares what I do? But now parents are involved and parents want to have access to the most important people in their kids' educational lives beyond teachers. Smith also lays out what happens if there is a violation of the rules, explaining that the board will have everyone in the building leave for a cool-out period of 30 minutes. That is so the school board members can hit their boxed wine again. If there are more violations, they can simply simply adjourn the meeting. Oh, if they don't like the way that the, the, the peasants behave, they can just shut it down. Isn't that nice? At least they're not threatening to steal their cars away from them and give them to other people like the Democrat from Arizona is threatening to do. Smith then levies threats if the new rules do not work. He says the board may decide to limit public comment to agenda items, require advanced registration to address the board, switching to virtual meetings where threatening behavior can be better controlled, or simply suspend public comment altogether. Um, yeah, switching to the virtual meetings thing might be, might be a bit of a legal issue, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, new rules also give the board discretion in determining violations. Oh, so you get to decide when somebody violates something and when somebody doesn't violate somebody something because it's your discretion, right? So it's just totally random. You basically get to make up the rules as you go. Why? Because you don't want people being angry with you because you signed up for the easy government job where you weren't supposed to have to deal with the public. But now you have too many people who come in to a lot for the time, and you, well, frankly, your time is precious, and so you don't want them there. Conduct that becomes belligerent or could be viewed by the law as harassing, bullying, intimidating, defamatory, or threatening cannot and will not be tolerated or can be viewed by the law? Is there an anti-bullying law that I'm not aware of? I'm at, I am I don't think that there is. I, 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 I mean, I don't pretty sure that there is not an anti-bullying law. Uh, defamatory is, that's civil. WCCS has a history of trying to silence parents. The district made national headlines following a Real News Michiana story that uncovered how the board was using one of its members' own law firms to threaten legal action against a parent for simply speaking out against certain COVID protocols. We talked about that when that story broke. Uh, the same board member later turned his back to parents who voiced concerns about the actions at a later meeting. Now, just so you're you're crystal clear on this, this is um, this is the Whitley County Consolidated Schools. This is not Middlebury or Penn, even though the behavior is almost exactly the same. So you would be forgiven for getting all of those school districts confused. Man, wouldn't it have been nice if Republicans in the Indiana State Legislature had passed a couple of laws that would have protected parental rights when dealing with this stuff, wouldn't that have been nice? More coming up, 95.3 MNC. All right, feel-good story. 
You ready for this? Although it may not be a feel-good story, it might end up being a we're all going to die story. I'm not entirely sure. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Please hit that subscribe button. Don't forget, Rumble is your alternative to YouTube where they do not censor me or anybody else. All right, what do we have here? Australian scientists make organisms, had to enunciate because Josh and I have not been behaving today, organisms that gobble up plastic like Pac-Man. That sounds like a good thing, right? Researchers in Australia are developing a plastic-eating microorganism resembling the pellet-eating Pac-Man. But the former may divert plastic from our oceans and landfills instead of merely winning you the satisfaction of a game. First of all, it's not just satisfaction when you win Pac-Man, okay? It is complete and total domination of all of your friends. Okay, We just got to get this straight. So the microorganism is an enzyme that feasts on plastic. Enzymes are complex molecules that do a bunch of stuff that you don't care about. It eats plastic, okay? So Professor Colin Jackson from the Australian National University said that the enzyme's insatiable... I feel like that's a key word there. The enzyme's insatiable appetite for plastic can be used to tackle the world's plastic crisis. Okay. All right, let's play around with this. All right, on the surface, sounds good, right? There's plastic from all those third world countries, and you need the enzymes to go ahead and gobble up the plastic. Cool. Uh, what happens when the insatiable appetite for plastic doesn't have any plastic to insati- insatiably appetite on? What does it start eating then? How does it evolve? You know, we've been down this road before. We have killer bees for a reason. I'm just saying. What are you talking about, Casey? Killer bees are just African bees. No, they're not. We made them. Um, yeah. So I guess it could be a good... First of all, there's not nearly as much plastic in the ocean as possible. We did a story a few weeks back about how the the ocean plastic story is basically a giant myth. But there are waterways, certainly in Africa and Asia, where this is a major problem. But not the ocean, generally speaking. So what do you do with the enzymes? Do you release them into the wild? Because that sounds like we're all going to die. Do you, I don't know, collect plastic everywhere and then have these enzymes as a way to break down said plastic? And if you're going to have the enzymes break down said plastic, wouldn't it just make more sense to break down the plastic into diesel fuel? Why would you use the enzyme? Seems like you would just cook it and make diesel. But I don't know. Some of you out there asking right now, Casey, what are you talking about? I didn't know you can make diesel out of plastic bottles. You can. Diesel is a renewable energy source, in spite of what everybody wants to tell you. So I, I'll i be honest with you, sounds like a neat idea, could go horribly wrong. Kind of like when France was going to open a black hole. Remember that? France is going to open a tiny little black hole inside of a lab. And all I was like, yeah, okay, what if it goes wrong? <laughs> it's a black hole. What? <laughs> uh, to my knowledge, we're not dead yet. So I, I guess they either canceled it or it was okay. But who knows about the next time? I don't know. Just That seems like a bad idea to open a black hole right? of any size, right? Am I, am I crazy there? 
It's in the name of science, Kate. Yeah, so was murdering beagles and slashing their throats like like Fauci did. But I don't know that I'm all for it again. It just, yeah, doesn't seem like it would be a good idea. So anyway, the enzyme goes around sort of like Pac-Man, snipping through all those bonds. Within an hour, a plastic bottle can be reduced to powder, ready to be remade into brand new plastic. Okay, so if it breaks it down into a powder... And for those of you who don't know, plastic uh, basically comes as pellets when it, in its raw form. So you get it as pellets, and then you melt it down. Uh, you add your colorant and, and that sort of thing. And that's how you make your plastic. So this basically eats the plastic and then creates a powder, which can then be remelted into new plastic, I guess. So that sounds like something you would not release into the wild, right? Sounds like some kind of a recycling program. But again, I ask, why not just make diesel? Got lots of trucks out there that need gas. Uh, it just seems like that would that would work. Um, but I don't know. Whatever. For, for science, right? Uh, new technology keeps the core elements intact and clear. So it's a clear poop. So it's clean poop. Clean poops are the best poop. We all know that. You don't have to wipe too much. Or, or spray too much if you're like me and you're elite and you have a bidet. So the new technology keeps the core elements intact and clear, making it easy to recreate new plastics with it again and again and again. Now, we don't have any research on how stable those recreated plastics are because plastics lose strength as they're recycled. That's a little-known fact about plastic. First of all, not all plastic can be recycled. Uh, well, okay, recycled into new plastic products. Only some plastic can be recycled into new plastic products. So when you throw all of your plastics into the plastic recycling bin at whatever plastic recycling bin that you're plastic recycling in, you're just throwing it in the trash. I'm not exaggerating. You're just throwing it in the trash. All that plastic goes somewhere where it doesn't get recycled. I don't know what to tell you. You've been lied to. It's a giant scam. In many places, they charge you extra to recycle. True story. Sometimes it's compulsory. But not all plastic can be recycled that way. And so they have to sort through it. And since most people don't want to sort through it, it doesn't end up actually getting sorted. You think you're recycling, but you're not. There's a, there's a funny video floating around on the Internet, has been for a couple of years now, where this guy works at a restaurant and he goes, look, I, I can save the planet by throwing it in the recycle bin here or just in the trash there. And it's got the two little circle cutouts there, right? So do you want to recycle or do you want it to go into the trash? So he puts it in the recycle bin and he opens it up. It's the same trash can. <sighs> so not all plastic can be recycled. And the plastic that is recycled into new products loses integrity. So I would be very interested to see how this holds up long term. But the good news is we have a terrifying new enzyme that has an insatiable appetite that could get out into the wild and cause all sorts of havoc. What are boats usually made of? Josh, what are boats usually made of? <clears throat> when they're not made out of wood? Some some type of what? Yeah, plastic. I'm just saying. More coming up. 95.3 on NC. Are you a communist pinko? That's, we're going to take the test. We're going to find out if I am a communist pinko. We're going to do that now.
By the way, I want to thank R&B Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. So, interestingly enough, this article was written by our good friend, one Kevin Downey Jr., who we had on the show just a week or two ago. And yesterday... Did this or did this not happen, Josh? Yesterday, when we were at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill, we had a very nice lady come up to us and thank me for telling her about the Kevin Downey Jr. comedy show in Bristol. He brought his fiance. Uh, Sean Shank was there, great local comedian, good friend of mine. A couple of other people did the show. And she said she was having a rough go of it. And she needed to laugh. And she says, that show was amazing. And thanked me profusely for having him on the show and telling her about it. Kevin Downey Jr. is very funny. And, um, you know, sometimes when you have a comedian on your show, it is difficult to have them do a song and dance because of the nature of their show. Uh, But he's a really funny guy. I happen to think that his fiance's funnier. But... They're both hysterical. Sean Shank, great comedian, too. Uh, So I don't know the other guy. I apologize. Um, But this is, he's been writing for PJ Media. He was telling us that when he was on the show. And you can go listen to the podcast. Wherever you get my podcast, you can go and listen to Kevin Downey Jr. He's actually the thumbnail image on that day's podcast, so you'll know exactly where it is. And he was saying that he's writing for Pajama Media, PJ Media. And this is one of his latest columns. So, Kevin Downey Jr., are you a communist pinko? Take the quiz. So, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take the quiz. Okay? News guy can't take the quiz. He's got to remain neutral. I'm going to take the quiz. Number one, news guy, you are here to make sure that I don't lie about my answers. This is going to be a tough one for Josh. Okay? Josh doesn't know me very well. So, Josh has to do his best to make sure that I am not lying when I give my answer to all of you. Really simple, like A, B answers, not like multiple choice, okay? Number one, when you watch, you can take the quiz with me, by the way. It's totally free. When you watch the tape of Trudeau's Dudley Do-Wrong Horsey Cops trampling that elderly Canadian patriot, who is not white, by the way, she's an indigenous woman, your first thought was A, That old hag reminds me of all senior American traitors who invaded the Capitol on January 6th for selfies and deserves to be drenched in maple syrup, beaten with hockey sticks, and forced into a Trudeau-approved re-education camp. It's option one. Or option B, Trudeau needs a blanket party. Hmm. That's a tough one. I got to be honest with you, because option A is really well-worded. Um... I'm going to go with B, Trudeau needs a blanket party. If you don't know what a blanket party is, you probably shouldn't be listening to this show. Number two, so that's B, okay? Question one, my answer is B. Question two, it's going to be tough for you to keep track, Josh. Number two, when you watch a CNN news report, you think to yourself, A, Now I know what to believe. Thank you, comrade Don Lemon, for educating me. Or B, Downey, why would I watch CNN? This question is dumb. I'm going to go with option B on that one, too. Tough one, but, you know, 
Kevin Downey Jr., question was dumb. I'm going to go with question with uh, answer B. All right, number three. Here we go. Are, this, by the way, if you're just joining us, are you a commie pinko? Taking the quiz. Okay. Live on the air. Just so. Live on the air. I got Josh fact checking me. Nobody can manipulate the answers. I can't go back and like change my answer and all of a sudden not be a commie pinko. Okay. We're just doing this live on the air with all of you. Number three. When Fauci's feds come to take your kids to a CDC shielding camp because a child at school tested positive for the bat soup flu, you will A, take them for as long as you like. Whatever is good for the collective is fine with me. Or B, you will say, you ladies are about to meet my other kids, Smith and Wesson. This is tough. I do not own a Smith and Wesson. This is tough, but I'm still going to go with B because of the spirit of the answer. The spirit of the answer. I know. Here, here's all of my holster companies or customers out there going, you make a ton of holsters for Smith & Wesson. Yes, I do. <laughs> In fact, most of the holsters that I make are for Smith & Wesson. Uh, but no, I do not actually own a Smith & Wesson. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Question number four. So far, all of my answers have been B, Josh. It feels like I'm cheating on that exam, you know, in your high school, and you get the bubble score and you just go down with the one answer and you hope it works out. Has to be a number two pencil, though. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Is number two pencil thing still a thing? Like, can we just make all pencils number two? Like, why do we? <laughs> anyway, I used to ask that all the time. Why, why aren't all pencils number two? This is kind of stupid. I don't know. It's a big pencil conspiracy. Anyway, number four. Unquestioningly complying with two years of quarantine, social distancing, masks, and vaccine mandates makes one A, a fine, upstanding citizen who cares about elderly people, or B, eligible to apply as a Muppet on Sesame Street. Definitely B. Def has to be, has to be a Muppet. There's no way you're not a Muppet if you if you let I mean here's look. If you doubt me, all right. Here's how I'll prove that you're a Muppet. If you comply with all of this stuff, at this point in time, if you comply with all of this stuff, you essentially have somebody's hand up your backside controlling you. That's who you are. You are a Muppet. All right, number five. Your idea of a Nazi is, oh, this has got to be good. Because people don't know what Nazis are. I mean, this is, I think this is important. Your idea of a Nazi is, A, that Vietnam vet neighbor with a Trump flag in his yard, or B, the guys your granddad introduced to the business end of his M1 Garand in the 1940s? Definitely B. It's, it's again, another tough one. You know, them Trump, uh, Trump flag flying Vietnam vets, sketchy bunch, but 100%, an, an actual Nazi now, an actual Nazi, definitely people that uh, great-grandfather killed. Definitely, 100%. Okay. So, number six, you believe Antifa is a is a myth. Joe Biden thinks that. Or B should be hunted in season like every other animal. <sighs> I don't like either one of these answers. I don't like either one. Do you believe that Antifa is a myth or do you believe that Antifa should be hunted in season like every other animal? Hmm. I don't like either answer. This is a tough, Josh, this is tough. How am I going to do this? I'm going to go with B. I'm going to go with B. I think, though, with clarification, 
I think that Antifa should be hunted year round. I don't think that there should be a season, but that's just, that's just me. So, but again, in spirit, I understand where he was going. All right. Number seven, if you were a professional football player and the national anthem was being sung, you would prefer to a take a knee or B, take an American-made Louisville slugger to the knees of those taking a knee. Definitely, definitely option B. Doesn't have to be a Louisville slugger. It'd be whatever's on hand. But if I have a Louisville slugger around, um, can we cork it? I would like to cork it. Oh, yes. Yeah, have to cork it. 100%. Doesn't need to be regulation, right? Number eight, a bearded 6'4 man in a dress is about to walk into the ladies' room. Your 88-year-old conservative grandmother is in there. You think to yourself, hey, what do I care? That's a real woman. Or B, Granny built B-24s during the war. She's about to take her toolbox and give that lucky dude a free gender reassignment surgery. I can relate to this question because my great-grandma actually built fighter aircraft. (laughs) True story. Worked for Lockheed Martin on the line. Uh, (laughs) So I can, yes, 100% B. Miss you, Grandma Penny. Uh, number nine, you believe mask mandates are A, a great idea, or B, a great idea for Stacey Abrams. Ooh, yeah, Stacey Abrams needs a mask. She's got that gap in her teeth. I mean, COVID can get right through that. You know, that's that's not, it's not safe for her to leave the house. I know that I made fun of Joy Behar and, and Joy Behar covering her face forever like she said she was going to do. I, I I get that, but Stacey Abrams is in danger. Uh, First of all, she has comorbidities, and she has that massive gap in her tooth where COVID can just go right through. So she 100% needs a mask. There's there's only way that that Stacey Abrams is going to be able to survive this thing. All right, so let's tally it up here. Uh, Scorecard rules. Uh, Give yourself one point for every time your answer was A, and if your score is one to two, you have a chance. Stop watching MSNBC now, and and we will consider allowing you to remain in America when the revolution is over. Um, let's see if you got between three and nine answers on a, uh, it is written in Chinese. Hold on. Let me do a, I got to do a Google translate here because if I, I, how many A's did I have, Josh? Did I have any A's or was it all B's? Did I go all B's? All B's. I did all B's. So, so, okay. I didn't get between one and nine A's, I got all B's, all right? Uh, So for those of you who did get between three and nine A's, the answer for if you're a Kami Pinko is written in Chinese. But when I do the Google Translate, it says, Welcome aboard, comrades. I hope you enjoy eating rats because steaks are only for your beloved leader. So I does that mean I'm not a Kami Pinko? Dope. I can eat my steaks. Rare. Yes. Love it. So there you go. If you got one to two uh, A's in your answers, you got a chance. If you got three to nine, uh, then you are uh, you are Kami Pinko. According to Google Translate, anyway. That's that's what it says. It's written in Chinese. I, I don't know. Kevin Downey Jr., very funny comedian. Highly encourage you to, uh, to check him out. Glad that he came to town. Was able to perform at Bristol. Got great, great reviews from a lot of you on that show. But, uh, yeah, good quiz. Good good to know that I'm not a commie pinko. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
Uh, about to trigger some people. There's a new AR-15 on the market. Not going to lie. I'm interested. Super interested. You ready? It is a new AR-15 for kids. Yes. A good response to the self-righteous explanation. You let your son play with toy guns? Might once have been. Well, yeah, he's too young to have a real one. Or perhaps not anymore. Not with a new addition to the firearms market. A smaller, lighter AR-15 designed just for kids. It is dubbed the JR-15. And according to AFP, it is marketed by maker We One Tactical as the first in a line of shooting platforms that will safely help adults introduce children to the shooting sports. Clearly aghast, the news organ further reports that the company's website says the rifle also looks, feels, and operates just like mom and dad's gun. Uh, Unsurprisingly, the AFP reminds people in its commentary masquerading as hard news that the AR-15 has been used in multiple mass killings in the United States. Uh, It's actually not used all that much in mass public shootings, but I digress. I digress. So this is a, this is pretty interesting stuff. And that was from American thinker, by the way. So if you go to the website, we W E E and the number one, we one tactical, they got super cool imagery. They got these awesome cartoon skulls. Uh, they got green pacifiers with a yellow Mohawk for the boys. They got, uh, Pink pacifier and pink uh, bowed blonde ponytails, pigtails, I should say, for the girls. And the JR-15 is is uh, smaller, it's lighter, it's safer, they say. It is a 22 caliber long rifle, and it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty neat. They got dealer inquiries on this, and every, every it's got a turn knob for safe and and uh, you know obviously ready to fire live. So things are. There's design elements that are there for children. This is under two and a half pounds. That's how light this thing is. So pretty neat. Pretty neat stuff. Uh, they've got it compared to a standard AR rifle versus, you know, the, the JR-15. It's much smaller, 20% smaller specifically. And uh, pretty excited about this, to be honest with you. My oldest has been asking a lot uh, about outdoor stuff. She She is a big time pro fisher girl. So, uh, but she wants, she wants to shoot. She wants to learn bow. She wants to learn all this stuff. She wants to go camping. She's, she's my outdoors one. And it'll be interesting to see if the young one kind of picks up on all of that stuff. But um, this is pretty neat. So we won tactical.com. They're looking for dealer inquiries and they've got all of the data and all the information on it and everything else. And obviously, you know, people don't know anything about firearms are going to lose their absolute minds on this. Now, this is, you know, going to be your intro rifle, okay? Because ARs are actually fairly light for uh, for most young kids anyway. I've told the story before. You know, we went to the range for the first time at Fort Sill. The uh, the range sergeant had his daughter there, and I don't. She she was maybe eight or nine years old. Man, she smoked us all. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. She wrecked us. She wrecked every single one of us. We were all blown away. She's obviously got a lot of range time and she handled she handled the military grade version of that rifle just fine. So, uh you don't always need a smaller version of it, but this is a very interesting option that could be more controllable and easier for your younglings out there to learn how to properly and safely shoot as an introductory rifle. 
and this could be a really good option for you. We won tactical, and uh, yeah, pretty neat, interesting stuff. And naturally, it, it's making you know anti-gun liberals' heads explode, which is also fantastic stuff. All right, MNC News Time is 5:31. I'm going to tell you what Facebook actually wants for me. I think I figured it out. I cracked the code, which may mean that I have to delete my Facebook account. But I think I can fix my Facebook page and actually get you to see my posts again if I've cracked the code. We'll talk about that coming up in just a couple of minutes. MSC News Time is 5.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So something interesting has just happened. I want to thank the live stream for letting me know that this was breaking Justin Blackface has revoked the Emergencies Act against the Freedom Convoy blockades. The situation is no longer an emergency, he said. Now, there's there's going to be some caveats here, but I'll let you hear a little bit from the Washington Post. Prime Minister Justin Blackface Trudeau on Wednesday revoked the use of emergency powers that he invoked to quell weeks-long blockades in the Canadian capital that spread to several U.S.-Canada border crossings and inspired copycats abroad. Uh, 38,000 truckers on the American side are headed to D.C. right now. Uh, Today, after careful consideration, we're ready to confirm that the situation is no longer an emergency, he said at a news conference. Therefore, all federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. We are confident that existing laws and bylaws are now sufficient to keep people safe. Now, remember, people in his government this week and last week, said that they were looking to make some of these laws permanent. Just keep in mind, that is out there. They are going, particularly on the financial side of things, they are going to look to make those permanent. And so this is, it's been rescinded now in Canada. But you also have the chief of police in Ottawa saying that even if you leave the protest, we're going to hunt you down. You're going to face sanctions. You're going to get punished for for, uh, even participating in the protest. And I definitely, if you haven't yet, go watch the video of how police behaved in Ottawa with that cafe. And it's a 15-minute video. I posted on my website at theburningtruth.us earlier today. It was a a good chunk of my live stream that I did earlier today on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the host. Go check it out. Uh, it is it is telling about how the police were conducting themselves there. But uh, breaking news this afternoon, Justin Trudeau has revoked the Emergencies Act against the Freedom Convoy blockades. But things are not officially complete yet as their government is moving to make some of those things permanent. At least that was the messaging just a couple of days ago. So we'll we'll see how that turns out. Meanwhile, Facebook, most of you know that Facebook has been censoring me. It's why I'm not all that active on Facebook anymore. And yesterday I log into Facebook, and sure enough, here's the warning again on the app. Don't lose your page. If you get a few more community standard violations, you could lose. Casey Hendrickson, radio talk show host forever. Nobody wants that. Help out by appealing violations that you disagree with. But more importantly, try to share content that follows the rules. I don't even know what the posts were. Because they won't tell me. So if you click review violations, okay, so naturally they make it seem like, yeah, review violations, you can go fix something. You go and there's a big red banner that says page is at risk. And it says that 
Um, one post was 11 months ago. And one post was two years ago. And Facebook took them down six and seven months ago, respectively. I've appealed one. They won't tell me what the other one is. I can't appeal it. But I think I've cracked the code on how to get around this. I'll tell you how. Coming up, 95.3 MNC. All right, so I'm just going over the Facebook warnings again. These are the same warnings that I always get. They just periodically pop up on the app. And there's two violations that they say were made. One was a post from two years ago that they say violates the rules on suicide and self-injury, which seems strange. I don't know what that post is. They've never told me what the post is, and I can't click on it to find out what the post is now, nor can I on the one from 11 months ago, though they say that I disagree with that decision and they, they disagreed with my disagreement. So here's what I think needs to happen based on this. If content on a page goes against our community standards, we take it down. But if admins create posts that don't follow the rules, that's considered more serious and can put the page at risk of restrictions. And my page is currently restricted. So it says on the bottom, your page is restricted because it didn't follow our community standards. And there's no way for me to fix those community standards. So what I'm thinking is Facebook has been restricting my page because my profile is the admin on the page. So I've got to create a new account, become an admin on my page, and then take myself off my page as an admin. And then maybe they'll unrestrict my page again, Josh. Maybe. So that's the plan. The plan is to delete myself from Facebook and put a new profile on as admin of my page. We'll see if that works. I'll keep you updated on that. Bill O'Reilly's up next telling you stuff I told you last week. We also want you to subscribe on Rumble. We do two live streams a day. This one and then the one from earlier in the afternoon. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. We'll see you tomorrow.